Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome to Nightlight, everybody. I want to thank you all for joining us, sharing your time with us, and uh, going on an adventure with us into new and uncharted territories for some of us, and charted but not understood territories for others. I want to thank Ken Quiethawk for his amazing intro. Please look for him on the internet. He's a native storyteller, and he and his wife, Deb, uh, do an amazing job of preserving history and and a manner of, of recording history and teaching it that is unique and probably a lot more effective than a lot of the ways we, we have today of teaching our children. And for those of you who are listening in archive on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to our channel. Um, it doesn't cost anything, and it does let us know that you're there. We'd really appreciate that. I have an amazing gentleman on with me tonight. I have Joshua Shapiro on, and um, he's, we're going to be talking about a topic that that fascinates me, has always fascinated me, and, and the more I've looked into it, the more, um, the more I know I don't understand, but the more fascinated I become with it, and that is, of course, the crystal skulls. Uh, Joshua has been involved with investigating this crystal skulls, and other world mysteries such as UFOs, crop circles, Bible code, prophecy, and ancient civilization since the early 1980s. He's the author and co-author of a number of books and has traveled all over the world to expand his investigations into these subjects as well as given hundreds of public talks. Today he lives in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area with his divine light partner, Katrina, and they are the guardians of about... 30 crystal skulls. He hopes in the future that the um, the, tri- the, tri- the novel trilogy he's working on will turn into a full-length movie and that the blue crystal skull he has traveled to find in the high mountain regions of the Andes in Peru will appear to him one day in the flesh, so to speak. You can find him at www.cse.org 
crystalskullexplorers.com. Highly recommend you check out his website. It's fascinating, full of amazing material, and uh, does highlight his his multi-talented and multi-faceted career to this point in time. So welcome to the show, Joshua. I'm so glad you're joining me tonight to talk about a topic that fascinates almost everybody. Well, thank you, Barbara. Any opportunity I have to speak about crystal skulls, I grab it. That's my Aries energy, <laughs> so I'm happy to be here. It, You know, it's it's a fascinating topic, and I, I, I am... Uh, a stone person myself, I have done stone gem casting for a number of years, and um, I have always found that, that some some of the crystals, some of the stones, speak to me in different ways, and um, I've not had the honor to work with a crystal skull. I have a crystal ball that does talk to me, um, but the crystal skulls appear to be a whole other uh, level or or dimension of communication that that is fascinating. And how did you how did you ever first of all get involved with crystal skulls and realize that there was a level of intelligence connected to the skulls that linked you to other dimensions? Well, as we were talking before the radio show started. I I wasn't planning on being involved with crystal skulls, but I did in my early 20s. I started traveling on faith, and there was one uh, specific crystal skull that I had the chance to see in 1983, and I I feel like, you know, this was destiny. Um, It just kind of showed up on my path as I was traveling, and uh, this is the, um, I believe it's an ancient crystal skull called Ami, which is made out of amethyst quartz. Um, so it was at an art gallery in San Jose, California, and I saw a picture of it, and I just had a tremendous response to that image, and then I got invited to see it. And <clears throat> generally what happens to me when I meet certain crystal skulls is um, I see them in my mind's eye uh, like they're around me, they're they're connected. They've linked into my energetic field, and so you know, like as I'm thinking about a me right now, I can actually feel the essence of the skull, even though it is with a private uh, guardian who has not revealed their um, presence, because uh, it was purchased, uh, I would say, about uh, 11 years ago. And uh, which is a shame because it's a beautiful crystal skull that has a wonderful energy to it. So anyway, you know, I had friends at this um, metaphysical um, bookstore, and actually my first book, which was called Journeys of an Aquarian Age Networker, they were carrying it. It was actually in their window, which I thought was kind of cool because uh, it reminded me of the movie called Joshua Shapiro, which is about an author and it has his books in the window. So, um, uh-huh. you know, I just went I just went to visit them one day and they took out the pictures of this crystal skull. And uh, actually, while we were wa- uh, looking at the pictures, uh, this was in San Jose, California. In Kalinga, California, there was an earthquake. And we could feel that earthquake in the, in the store. The table was shaking. 
And I just thought it was very unusual that here I first see this crystal skull in a picture and there's this outer earthquake while I was having an inner earthquake happen to me. In other words, I was feeling a shaking going on inside of me as well, which is usually, as you probably know, an indication that this is a very special experience or an acknowledgement of something like you're here to do. Uh, so this was kind of my introduction, and then eventually I got to meet this crystal skull in person, and I was able to touch it. Um, I touched it on the top part of the skull uh, with my right hand, and I could feel an energy go up. So it was like uh, a me was the, the artifact, um, the sacred tool, uh, the living consciousness working through that skull. Fem feminine consciousness is what I've experienced that probably recognized me on a soul level and said, you know, uh, I'm honored to help uh, to remind uh, Joshua and his soul that he's worked with Crystal Skulls before and that he's made a commitment in this lifetime to share, you know, whatever information he comes up with. So that was kind of like what my, my first experience was. And then, of course, I didn't get to see that skull for many years. But then I started meeting other Crystal Skulls, and then I started having my own Crystal Skull. And then I met Katrina, and we worked together on this, which is good because we have 30 Skulls. You know, I have enough trouble taking care of myself, so I need to have someone to help me. Because I, I feel like they're my children, you know, and there's 30 of them. But, you know, um, everything works out okay. And, um, you know, I just learned from the skulls, especially from Amit, that they had a role to play, that they're vital and important for humanity to help us to create world peace on this planet which probably many people right now don't believe is going to be possible with all the crazy things going on. But, you know, I still believe that eventually, or as my future self, which we'll have to talk about it later on, I guess, uh, tells me by 2037 to 2040, we will see peace on this planet. So that's the vision that lives inside of me, and I just ex accept it. So that's how I got started with Crystal Skulls. And then I just kept seeing more and more, and then I wrote books and did lectures, and you know, because they were saying, okay, now you need to talk about us and share and let people know what we are, because you know, the image of a of a bone skull, a human bone skull, is uh, supposed to be death and doom and evil, but you know, how can that part of our body, because we all have this bone skull inside of us, how can that be death, uh -huh. doom, and evil, the part of who we are? Creator gave us this form so that we could experience this classroom of creators so um, you know so I try to help people to understand that you know these are powerful tools and objects that ancient cultures worked with or probably were gifts from the gods or very advanced civilizations I mean there's so many different theories about where they came from and they're coming back now to help us to create peace so this is their basic message so for whatever reason they selected me to help with that, and um, all of a sudden, you know, I'm a writer, public speaker, even my music gets involved in this, so I just try to be a jack of all trades and figure out new ways how to share information <laughs> about them. Well, I think that, that uh, crystals, you know, have always held a fascination for me, and and um, I find that some, some crystals... Uh, trigger an awareness or an awakening and others don't and I would imagine that every stone, every crystal has 
a frequency or a connection to something, and and it's it's almost as though sometimes they call to you, and um, and magic happens, and and you're very very aware. I know in in all of the things that you that, that I've read about that you've done, that that you you trust. You trust when you are drawn to something, and you trust that that a door will open when you need it, and and it happens. Um, I went to a uh, a gem and jewelry show a long time ago, and I had been uh, wanting a crystal ball, but it had to be special, and um, I didn't know what special was, but I I just knew it had to be special, and. Um, at, at one counter, there was someone who had who had a crystal ball. It was it was absolutely clear, it, but it wasn't lead crystal. It was rock crystal. And um, I asked if I could hold it, and the man let me hold it, and and it it absolutely warmed to my touch, and then it tingled. And I looked at him and I asked what it what it cost, and you know, he told me, and I said I I don't have that money right now, but I I think this is. This is the stone that I, this is something I need to have. And he looked at me and he said, well, take it with you and send me the money when you can. And I looked at him and I said, well, do you want my name and address and phone number? He said, no, you'll, you'll send it to me. And so I walked out of this place with, for what was at that time for me, and still is, um, a pretty expensive piece of quartz. But he just gave it to me and said, pay me when you can. And it was like, you know, the people that were with me looked at me and, and like, you know, is, you know, are they coming for him in white coats? Because, you know, um, but it was the most unusual thing I have ever experienced. And, I mean, I've had it for years and years and years, and, and it's, a, it's a, a crystal I work with, um, and it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling every time I hold it. So, um, well, this this is the same with the crystal skulls. Uh, I, of course, had an opportunity not only for myself, but to talk to a lot of people and listen to their stories. And it's very similar to what you described. They may be at a fair, they may be in a store, maybe even on the Internet, because eBay has mm-hmm. a lot of crystal skulls. And then, of course, there's places like Skullis and other places where they have carvers and they make skulls and even Katrina too you know one time somebody was selling a skull from Holland uh, I think she saw it on Facebook and she just knew that skull was meant for her and uh, you know I wasn't that drawn to it but you know each person has a different thing now that I now that we have the skull and it's an older skull um, what they call kind of a Tibetan style skull um, or um, uh, yeah, Tibetan style skull, or they have other names for it, uh, different skulls. Um, I actually did a session with a woman I remember when we lived in Seattle, and I was channeling for that skull. So that's where I finally got a chance to meet the consciousness, the feminine consciousness working through it. And now I have a greater, greater appreciation for it. So, um, so yeah, many people, this happens to them with crystal skulls as well. They'll be drawn to a specific one. I mean, the first crystal skull I received, which is called Portal de Luz, which is a 10-pound smoky quartz skull made by a, um, a very good carver in Brazil, so it's a modern skull. But it still has this 
consciousness that works with it, and the name Portal of Light seems to reflect the nature of the consciousness, and we've had a great time traveling together, and, you know, sometimes people don't believe I do this, but we're just in sync with each other when I uh, <clears throat> do my lectures, and I start out with music, whether I'm playing well, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be playing my guitar. It would be where I'm dancing to the song I've selected because it gets everyone together and gets them up and builds the energy. Um, uh-huh. People will, go, will watch me throw the skull in the air and uh, dance with him in that way and never drop him. So each skull is different, you know, the different energy for different people, um, you know, People work with them in a different way. I don't think I'm crazy for doing it. That's just how the energy works for me. Um, you know, plus it's uh, an example of my essence as Aries. I don't want to do what anyone else does. I'd like to do something original and different. So that's uh, part of a part of our style. So, and each of the skulls we have, it's different. You know, Rosalita, which is a 13-pound rose quartz skull that's uh, like a human bone skull that was made by the carvers and skulls. She's very quiet. Portaloos is very noisy. He's constantly talking. Sometimes in the lecture, I have to tell him to shut up. You know, I'm trying to focus on doing the presentation for the people, and he's saying, Dad, you got to tell him about this and that. I say, yes, I know, but be quiet. i got to tell him about this other thing first. So, you know, some, some of your listeners may think that, you know, people are crazy. They're talking to a stone. But there is a living consciousness that I think works through all the stones. Um, but with the skulls, it just seems to me like I'm dealing with, you know, like another type of being, a dimensional being, a galactic being, um, a council of beings. You know, sometimes um, uh, some of our skulls will let the consciousness of other skulls, like well-known skulls that want to share their energy, but they're not there physically, will come through the skulls. So, you know, uh, in discussing crystal skulls, we're not dealing with a simple subject, which is a stone in the shape of a skull. There are other things going on, special energies, healing. Um, sometimes Portaudaluz is sitting around me when I'm writing, and then I go into another state, and I look back at what I wrote, and I go, where did that come from? And so somehow he's creating an energy in the room, so I'm more receptive. Um, you know, so it's just, it's a, it's a grand adventure, but at the same time, if a crystal skull comes to someone, which is meant to go to that person, they pick us, we don't pick them. That's the only way I can describe it. Then either that skull is coming to help that person in their, in their life, in their spiritual evolution, or like what's happened to us, is where they say, you know, Dad, Mom, we want to be out with other people. We want to help. We want to share our energies. We want to make a difference in their life. So you need to go out and talk about us and share. And sometimes during the lecture, one of the skulls that we bring will say, talk to us. And with me, it's telepathic. I hear it in my thinking voice. Like when I read, I hear my thinking voice. Um, Uh So... When they're talking, I hear in my thinking voice, and they'll say, I would like to visit with that person. Would you please go over and give that, give me to that person? So sometimes I'll do that. You know, so you just never know when you're doing a presentation or event with Crystal Skulls what is going to happen. Sometimes um, 
a person um, didn't feel like they had any connection with the crystal skull at all, and they'll go through and they'll get very emotional or they'll go through a healing process or a cleansing. It's just, it's totally unpredictable. The best part I like when I do the presentations is usually there's at least two or three people. As I'm talking, they're nodding their head. They're in 100% sync with me. They understand everything I'm talking about. They're having the same experience. So that's my confirmation that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the the more, the the book of yours that I read was... um, Gosh, Journeys of the Crystal Skull Explorers, Travel Log Number Two, Search for the Blue Skull in Peru, and um, what I found was I kept I kept seeing the fact that that these at, at least the message that I was getting was was that they they really create a portal for energy to flow through them to you that you can draw upon that is um, a different frequency, if you will. And and that there 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 obviously is a consciousness there. It's just like a, there's a personality there. It's it's just like you and I have different personalities. We're both spirits, but but our spirits have a different personality. The stones have a spiritual essence as well. The the crystal skulls do, and and so whatever information comes through them is is shaded slightly by the personality of the spirit that is opening that portal for you. Does that make sense? Yes. No, they're definitely uh, help to create dimensional portals. Um, This is why I think a lot of people, when there's a special event that comes up, you know, like uh, uh, June 21st, uh, a lot of people are going to do special ceremony. People will actually bring their crystal skulls because what they do is they amplify the energy and they they set up, as you'd say, these dimensional portals. Um, there has to be some form of uh, portal that's going on. I mean, it's not just because Portal de Luz portal is in his name, but with all the crystal skulls, um, you know, it just seems like there's different uh, dimensional beings or spirits who um, say, we want, to, we want to have a contact with humanity but we can't come down in our true form because they'll run and they'll be afraid, you know, like if an extraterrestrial came down in their true form. They may look nothing like us. They may be the most loving being you could ever meet, but we're just not accustomed to them, and, and so we can't deal with their form. So I think what happened is, you know, one of their plans to help to awaken people to their spirituality is they said, okay, so we will um, either gift, to humanity, uh, these crystal skulls, which are, are like uh, living computers, or we will inspire talented carvers to make them in very specific forms. Because, you know, you have some crystal skulls that look like a human bone skull, and you have others uh-huh. that are totally st- stylized. Like uh, this one I mentioned uh, that uh, Katrina found, it doesn't look like a human bone skull. It's Stylized, but it still looks like a skull. So you know, uh-huh. you have modern modern cars now that are making animal skulls. They're making ET skulls, uh, stylized skulls. But I think uh, the whole point that you're bringing up is that this shape, for whatever reason, 
allows it to be a communication channel or a portal so that, you know, the, the spiritual family that loves us, the galactics who love us, it gives them an opportunity to work with us in a way where it's not so frightening because, you know, we're looking at something that looks like us and then they're taking on names because we're used to when we talk to somebody, they have a name, they're distinct, even though, you know, most of us who are studying um, spiritual philosophy come to understand that really everything that exists is part of one thing, which we call God or Creator. And we're just a piece of that that's down here to have an, a unique ex experience. So, but this classroom has taken on the reality of separativeness, whereas, you know, some of the galactics that are around us that are in higher dimensions in spirit, they have more of a sense of what that oneness is all about. So, um, you know, so anyway, the crystal skulls just become a powerful tool that can help you to understand yourself better, give you incredible experiences, um, and like you said too, they just they just hold these amazing different frequencies of energy. That's what quartz crystal does, by the way. It's a transmitter and a receiver of a multitude of different frequencies of energy. And if we didn't have quartz crystal, then this radio show wouldn't be happening because our computers and all our modern technology is using quartz in order to greatly expand an electrical current and set up the binary um, uh, conditions for the programming and the code. So it's pretty interesting. I am thinking of something that I'll probably forget, so I'm just going to mention it. There okay. is a scientist who I do not remember his name um, that I tried to talk to who wouldn't talk to me because probably by the fact that he said this publicly and I saw a YouTube video, I actually have a free document that talks about him and the links to the video and other things. He said that when he was looking down at reality, he discovered in our reality that there is a binary code behind everything, which means that we are in a computer simulation. So I'm just going to throw that out uh, to people. So it could be the crystal skulls could be a part of, you know, a connection with whoever made this reality that we're finding ourselves in. And I just, I just think it's very interesting that, um, you know, in the computers using the binary code, they're using quartz, and that this scientist, very respected scientist, who I wish I could remember his name, when you start getting older like we are, Barbara, your memory, you start losing memory of names. You know what you, you know what it is, but you can't bring the name forward. But if, you know, somebody contacts me after the show, I can get them this free document I have, which basically talks about, you know, being in a computer simulation, why that may be so. Now the other thing I'll say is whatever I talk whatever I talk about, I don't expect everyone's going to agree with me. I'm like a an apple seed planter, so I just plant seeds and say this has come on my path. And if you're curious or you want to know more, I'll tell you why I believe that. Well, that that's that's a good way to be. And as far as memory goes, if you wait long enough, it'll become long-term memory, and you'll remember it. Yes, as we get younger. Yes. <laughs> but but I want to go back to the consciousness part because that that fascinates me tremendously. Not only is the frequency coming through, 
but it it's it's not just a frequency it's it's full of wisdom and information and spiritual energy and all sorts of stuff so it's not just a, a it's not a channel it opens up it's a repository of wisdom that it opens up it it connects you to a cosmic understanding of so much else that's out there and it, it gives you the opportunity to apply that to your life and your journey and enhance it tremendously so it, it is it's it's a wonderful tool to have at your um to, to have access to and and the reality is you know we 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 don't really need to have things you know um you know within our reach in order to connect to them it's a matter of being comfortable and and believing that you can you can do it telepathically because you know it it, it can be done that way certainly you um, your experience with the um, the blue skull, you know, is is a testimony to that because here you here you got a a vision, literally, and and you followed that vision and it it, it opened you up to amazing experiences. Um, it, it it was it, you want to explain to people how you became. Um, acquainted with the blue skull and and the journey that it took you on sure but let me come back to some points that you said before so it's clear you talked about two different aspects of the crystal skull one is a living consciousness which is what's talking to the people through the skull which has to be spiritual or dimensional that's the way that i understand it that's the way that i experience it Um, which means that any beings that are on this level that want to have a conversation with us could use this go as the vehicle to make that happen. Okay, the next thing that you said, which also is true, is quartz crystal. Like one of the things that comes up for some people with this go is when they start meditating with it, they will see holographic images inside. Holographic images represent a recording that these skulls are making of everything that's going on around them, probably, you know, the vibrational frequency of it being recorded in the crystal, which possibly because the person has, you know, the gift of inner vision, they're able to see it reflected inside of the skull, and it's like watching movies going on. So the skulls are also able to be a repository. Like one time I went to Microsoft in Seattle, and I did a lecture for a few of their employees, and I said, you guys work with the modern computers, but here are the ones the ancient people used to work with. So I just thought that, that was interesting. Okay, now coming back to the blue scope, what the listeners need to understand is I'm going out on a limb by writing an entire book about a crystal skull that I've been looking for, which I have never seen in the physical. Okay, I have a vision of it. It is here with me right now as I'm talking about it. I can see it in my mind's eye. It sits, the position I normally see it around me is on my left side in front of me at about a 45-degree angle above me. So it's, it's right there. And the sensing that I get is that there are sacred tools and artifacts which have existed like this blue skull. At least this is the communication that I got from it especially when I was looking for it in Peru and I was, you know, out in nowhere land. You know, I was high up in the Andes (laughs) Mountains 
no lights, nothing camping, and I'm not a camping person. I don't know what I was doing. I didn't know how I was being guided. It was, uh, it was quite an amazing adventure. But I'm going, and I'm trying to see this go, you know, trying to, so I could say to people, there is this blue skull. It really does exist. But I only have visions of it, and even as I'm looking at it now, it's a vision, but to me, it's very solid. It's right there. Now, Barbara, let me tell you something I do in my talks, which seems to confirm I'm not crazy about this. What this blue skull will do, this is what I do in my talk, is I'll ask you, I'll say, would you like, first I'll explain to him like I do in the book, which I'm going to come back for that because it's a whole other story here, but I'll say to them, you know, would you like to experience this blue skull? And everybody goes, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like it's an amazing skull. I say, well, here's what it does. It will come and sit on my right hand, and then if you put your hand over my hand, then you can experience the energy of it. So I remember, I think I was in Ohio. There was one person where I said, okay, the blue skull sitting, and this person literally was sitting in their chair, and they were next to the wall, and they just flew back into the wall behind them. And then I've had other people who put their hand, they said, we don't know what's going on on that hand, but that is a really intense, high vibrational frequency. So that's a way that I'm able to share with people some aspect of it. So anyway, getting back to Peru. So I start seeing and hearing about this blue skull inside of me. Um, and really the way that it came about is I was in Peru, not looking for it, and we were going to go to Machu Picchu. We were staying at a hotel in Lima. And we had this guy who I had met before, and he told me, but we never were able to find this, that they had some crystal skulls in the museums in Peru, that they actually found, you know, artifacts of crystal skulls. So um, he's um, eating a breakfast with us as we're getting ready to fly from Cusco to Machu Picchu. Or, no, we're, we're taking, I'm sorry, we're in Lima. We're flying a plane from Lima to Cusco. From Cusco to Machu Picchu, you take a train. And then um, all of a sudden, he stands up for no reason, and he points at me, and he says, Joshua knows where there's a crystal skull in Peru. And I'm going, is he crazy? How would I know? I barely know anything about this country. But then I had the vision. And in the vision, I feel myself being pulled to the northern part of Peru, and I see what looks like um, a procession of, of indigenous Indians, not like Native American Indians, but Indians that live in the northern part of Peru. And they're going through a jungle area and a path, and there's like a priest in the front, and he's holding something in his hands. And I say, I know that's a crystal skull, and if it's one I know, it's got to be sky blue, because since I was a young boy, sky blue has always been my favorite color. You know, not dark blue, sky blue, this white blue that you see in the sky sometimes. And so, um, you know, so that was the end of it. But after that happened, it wouldn't leave me alone. It's like for six or seven years, I would keep thinking about, what was that all about? You know, why was I being pulled to the northern part of Peru? Am I never going to do anything about this? Am I never going to try to go see if it really exists? And um, then I just had some other experiences that came up, which is too long to tell. And eventually, I think it was in 1999, it just worked out that I could go 
with a couple of people, and I went to the northern part of Peru. I was told by um, Andean shaman who came to Chicago where I was living that there were remnants of Atlantis in the northern part of Peru, and obviously I believe Crystal Skull came from Atlantis. Um, so I just I just had to go to to find out if I was crazy or not, and then I didn't know even when I went to Peru. I knew I was going to the northern part, but where exactly? Which part? I we would go to different sites of ancient cultures and ask the archaeologists and the work. Have you ever found a crystal skull buried with these civilizations? No, we don't know what you're talking about. So nobody knew what we were talking about. But finally, you know, um, my hand was magnetically pulled to the map, and an archaeologist told me. You need to go to Huancabamba. What's Huancabamba? I never heard of it. It's a city high up in the Andes Mountains near the border with um, Ecuador. So this is how it happens. And then the next part, I think, which is kind of funny, is uh, when we get to that city, then, uh, no, before we went to the city, there was uh, a youth hostel we stayed at, and this woman kept telling us about the main shaman of Huancabamba and wrote a letter for us. And so I thought, okay, this has got to be the place because I get to meet the shaman and the shamans are the ones that know about these sacred tools. So we, we set up a meeting with the main shaman and first he talked about, you know, the healing they do and the herbs and the ceremonies and everything invited us to go with him to ceremony. And then finally I got my turn and I had all these pictures of crystal skulls and it was like this was my moment. You know, it, it, either I'm crazy and I've wasted all my money coming here, or, you know, this shaman, anybody would know about this blue skull, it's got to be him. And he had no clue what I was talking about either. So it just worked out that we went to the place that they were going to do the ceremony, and that's where I needed to go, and that's where I had the contact, you know, the visions and everything, high up in the Andes Mountains in the Sacred Lagoon where they did their ceremonies. And it just, you know, went from there. And I went there three times. And um, each time I had a different vision with the with this blue skull. Now, somebody might say, well, okay, so you've seen it. What does it look like? Could you describe it to us? Wouldn't that be a good question to answer? Well, if anyone has ever seen a picture of the Mitchell Hedges skull and see how close it is to human bone skull, that's how I saw that skull, except it was a translucent sky blue color totally clear, had a movable jaw, looked human-like, and I'm guessing, you know, was, was similar. There is a possibility related to the Mitchell-Hedges skull that there can be other skulls that are of different gemstones or different quartz. Now, this blue skull, I don't even know what material it is. There is a blue quartz that has been found in Siberia and Russia, uh, which I actually had a cross made out of that that was gifted to me one time, or I purchased it, but that was more of a purplish color. And aqua aura is where they put gold in quartz and it'll turn blue. It's sort of that color, but I really, I haven't seen a piece of quartz exactly like how I, I see this sky blue, sky blue quartz. So, um, but it's um, you know, about human size, movable jaw, totally translucent. And it is a it is a, a life unto itself. Okay, it's totally alive. It's totally aware. It will communicate with you um, telepathically. 
That's how it does it with me. But the thing it's telling me, it's reminding me, which it's told me before, is humanity's not ready for it. The vibrational frequency of this go is really, really high. And, you know, um, I don't say that to impress your listeners, oh, you know, I must be doing uh, some special work with spirituality. It has nothing to do with that. I think the only reason why I'm having connection to this is I've worked with this go before in Atlantis and Lemuria. And that was one of the visions I had when I was out there high up in the Andes Mountains. I saw a Lemurian temple, and I saw the blue skull with 12 other skulls in glass cases in a circular room in that temple. And uh, they were all different uh, colors, and um, it was very powerful. So I just think that I, I worked in that temple, and I had some connection with the skull, and so, you know, it's bothering me to talk about it and tell people about it. And you know, saying that it will appear when it decides and not when we decide. So whether, you know, I'm going to find it or not, or whether, you know, since it's here in the room with me, it could just appear right now on this table where my computer is if it wanted to. But I think we're not ready for this skull. I think its energy is too high. We have enough trouble dealing with the crystal skulls that we already have. So... <laughs> You know, because uh, they're a catalyst for a lot of powerful changes for people. So, oh, absolutely. Um, anybody so anyway, who's ever worked with crystals know, you know, understands that they, um, when their energy goes through you, it changes you. It tunes you to a different uh, frequency. And and if you you, you yeah. think about the frequency is like you do a radio dial. It doesn't mean one is better than another or anything like that. It's just a different frequency. And uh, it, it helps to tune you to the cosmos, so to speak. And the more open you are to, um, to be open to the frequencies that are out there, um, the, more, the more comes through you, the more that you begin to understand yourself and your own purpose and your own direction. And... It, it, it's not so much you become a prophet for the ages as much as it becomes you become in more, to more greatly understand the spirit and the connection that you carry within. So uh, it, it so, is an amazing experience. Yeah, so let me tell you a profound statement I heard from spirit, which is kind of relating to what we're talking about. Spirit once said to me, whatever you can imagine, you can only imagine it because it already exists somewhere in God's infinite universe. Uh-huh. So what I'm saying by that is, if I'm seeing this blue skull, you know, it may not be here in our physical reality at this time. I think it was in the physical reality, like during Atlantis and Lemuria. But I think because humanity digressed, and now we're going on a on an upward swing again, even though it doesn't look like it with the madness happening right now, then these sacred tools are getting ready to come back. So I believe that this blue skull, well, let me put it this way. One of my guides is who I will become in this lifetime in our future. And he says his name is Argus. And Argus, when I think about Argus, I see the blue skull in his reality. Now, we're talking about between 2037 and 2040, 
okay, now how we get from where we are now, where we have this mad situation going on, to where we're going to come into a time where I see where Argus is, where everything is very peaceful and harmonious, where we're having contact with all kinds of different beings, um, beings that exist on this planet who are keeping themselves um, veiled, like the inner earth people, the hollow earth people, Sasquatch, at some ETs. Um, I just see that everything's going to be opened up for us. But, you know, I have no idea how we get there. I assume the crystal skulls, because this is what I've been told, that there's a certain set or sets of them, 13, 24, 26, I don't know. 13 comes up a lot, but I see, I see multiple sets. That they're going to come back, like the blue skull. And as you said, the vibrational frequency that they hold will help us and humanity so that we can make this shift to go into this uh, higher vibrational time, peaceful time, some people call 5D, that we'll be headed for. So with the Blue Skull and with Argus, those two things, and Argus has written through me. There's uh, something on my website uh, where Argus is talking about the future. That When I read it, I go, I can't believe I wrote that when I was in Brazil. But that's what came through me. So I think it was from my future self. And also because Brazil has a very high frequency as well. Um, and Portuguese is my second language, and I have no idea why it's my second language. So it's got to be a past life. And maybe oh, I was yeah, connected. I yeah. No, I was going to say Marco Polo, but he was Italian. But, <laughs> me, but Italian, and Italian and Portuguese are very similar. I've actually talked to people in Portuguese who were Italian, and they pretty much understood what I was saying. So it's interesting. So um, so there's all these different things that are going on. So anyway, Argus um, is this future self, and I see the blue skull around him. So I'm thinking that, you know, eventually within maybe the next five, ten years, I have no clue when that might happen, that these higher skulls will start manifesting and come together at a certain place and could be a catalyst that literally shifts our planet into a higher frequency. So, well, I would, you know, yeah, I, I would, I, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I do think that consciousness is raising um, among humanity and that at some point in time we'll be able to dimensionally phase into other timelines, into other, in, into other realities, into other dimensions. But, um, we are so tied and linked and anchored to the physical at this point in time that that's just not appropriate. And, and hopefully we will get to a time where we can um, allow ourselves to actually do that phasing because it's, it's so much easier than space travel. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, the inner voice said that because we are raising our frequency, this is why all these crazy things are coming out. The higher vibrational frequency is pushing it out. It's been behind the scenes, and now this has to come out for us to move forward. So I think this, this is a part of it. Plus, all these young children being born now, I've talked to some of them, and it's like, I cannot follow what the heck they're talking about. They see <laughs> into these other dimensions so well. It's like, they could do. you slow down for me? 
You know, I, I think I'm pretty good at this stuff, but I'm not following what you're talking about. So could you slow down and try to say in simpler words what you're seeing or experiencing? So we have a lot of these young children being born now that are very advanced as well. Call them star children or crystal children or whatever you yeah. want to call them. But, so you know, a lot advanced. of that, a lot of these children, I mean, I, I believe, and it's, it's only my philosophy for today, it may change tomorrow, so, you know, don't quote me too too terribly, but... It feels to me as though they've always been there, but they have been, we have been so regimented as a society that we have literally shoved that aspect of them down by by culture, by uh, by by what you know the parents and the teachers and 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 you know the religious um, communities have shoved into children, so that so that they have I mean, children today. Are, are more open and are able to be more open and therefore the magic that they have within them isn't isn't um, dimmed down. It's encouraged by parents who are aware that that, that, that magic is there. And uh, today, so many people are you know don't look at don't look down at children when they say something that is so that so unique because they understand that it's that it's coming through them. It's 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 the truth and um you know my generation your generation we were we were really structured by the academic system by the society by our religion by by all of the the um modalities that are you know you have this is how you grow up this is what you do this is how you follow a life you know you 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 go to college men and you know get you get married or women you you go to school and you get married and you have children and you are a, a good, dutiful wife. Well, society has changed. And because it's changed, um, these star children, who I think have always been born through the generations, but, you know, a lot of them were put into institutions because they thought they were crazy and stuff like that. But I, I, I believe they've always been there, but we haven't recognized them and and enhanced and embraced the magic that they bring into this reality. Exactly. So anything else you want to ask me about crystal skulls? Um, I know a lot of people, you know, I, I know you see them in stores all over the place. If someone wanted to, um, to, to work with a crystal skull, with the consciousness, with the energy is there, how would they choose one? How would they, how would they find one that would communicate with them well I'm not sure if, if it still exists this way because so many people are having uh, struggles but there are uh, either local stores that will have crystal skulls in them you know spiritual stores spiritual bookstores um, we used to have a source but it was in China and I have not heard from my source for a while, and I think things are going really crazy there right now. So yeah. uh, there can be, you know, people who are selling it on the Internet, on eBay or whatever. Now, as far as which one do you choose? Well, I would say this. Let's say, for example, you've, you've never had a crystal skull and you want to get one. Then what I would uh -huh. suggest is get a small one that you're attracted to or whatever. Don't worry about you know, it's energy or anything like that. You just 
you need a practice go. Okay, so you can kind of get uh-huh. used to having it, uh, sleeping with it, taking it with you, doing meditation with it, taking it to special places, you know. Um, so it's it's kind of an experiment because the key is eventually the skull is going to find a way to communicate with that person, whether it's telepathic, if it's a dream, a vision, um, could be... It, could speak to you, like Katrina hears distinct voices, I hear it in my mind's voice, you know, so it's an adventure and an experience. Um, also, you might find yourself drawn to a certain type of stone, or because they're making crystal skulls out of every gemstone you can imagine. Now, it's not just quartz, which oh, was yeah. the first ones that came out. It's every gemstone you can imagine, every shape. So it's just the idea of um, looking around, go online. Um, you know, you can also, the people can also talk to us and say they found this one. We can have a conversation with them. But you can't make any mistake. Okay, this is the thing you need to understand. No matter which one you choose, it isn't a mistake because it's going to teach you something. Okay, so if you start with a small skull, practice skull, then it will give you a better idea of really what you want. It's usually not a good idea, and I know people will do this, where they'll say, and they've done this to us, I want you to pick this go for us. And, you know, with Katrina, what happens to her is the skulls talk to her, and they will say, okay, we want to go to that person. So that's how she knows it. But I always think it's better the person goes through the process of, you know, deciding which one, they feel it's drawn to or whatever, have an experience with it, learn about how it communicates, the energy, and so on. I mean, they might pick one, and they might feel nothing, so they pass it on. But what I find most of the time is if a person wants a crystal skull, it's because they already have a strong affinity with it, you know. Uh Um, I mean, sometimes people, they listen to what happens to people and the amazing experiences and say, oh, I want to get one. And nothing happens for them because they think that the skull is going to, you know, do everything for them. And that's not what they do. They're there to encourage the person to develop their own creative skills and their spiritual skills and their life. It's, it's a tool. It's there to inspire them. And, uh, you know, they might get a healing from it or whatever, but then the skull will teach them, well, now you know that you're a healer. This is how you can start to heal yourself. So they're really a tool and a teacher to help people because it's like a comment that you said. We don't need any tools outside of ourselves. We have everything that we need inside. But what's happened in the physical reality is we get these tools as a catalyst that gives us a reason or an excuse or whatever you want to call it to have an experience to learn about ourselves and to try to work with our gifts. So... And another one of my statements I would make is that you can never make a mistake no matter what you do because you're going to learn uh-huh. through everything. Everything you're going to learn. So you can't make any mistake. And the other other aspect of it is, is let's say you have a new experience in front of you. What's the worst that could happen to you? Nothing changes. So that's not so bad. But the best thing that could happen for you is everything could change. So it's kind of like, you know, when we're talking about, am I crazy enough to quit my job and go to Peru to look for the blue skull? You know, I'm giving up my source of income. 
okay, I don't know what I'm going to do when I come back. So, you know, that that's how life is, is doors open. And some people, you know, they don't know what's on the other side, so they don't go for it. Mm-hmm. I happen to be a person where if I'm feeling there's something there that's important, I have to go for it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to see myself jumping out of an airplane. That's that's not for me. But, you know, going to travel to a certain place that I'm drawn to and not even knowing what's going to happen, well, yeah, that's an adventure. I, I, that draws me, so I would do it. So we each have that, yeah, I, that thing inside of us. I think that, that people have to realize, too, that, that you have to trust your own intuition. And, um, you know, if you feel drawn to something that there's there's a reason for it so you know explore it i i can remember i i i worked a renaissance renaissance festival in new york for um eight years and one of the jewelers was was wrapping stones and selling them and i was looking at the pile of stones that he hadn't yet wrapped and there was an agate there that was probably the size of of um a little bigger than a quarter, and it called to me. It was it was a slice of agate. It was polished, and and it was like um, I picked it up and I held it, and it was like, oh, I I and and I said to him, I I, I have to have this stone. Can I buy it from you before you wrap it? And he said, no, I'm going to wrap it and make it a piece of jewelry and sell it. And I I went back to him a number of times during the day, and I finally said to him, look. I want the agate. If you have to wrap it, I will tell you immediately. I will unwrap it. So why waste your 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 silver? What would you pay? What would I pay for it if it was wrapped? And he told me, and I said, I'll give you the money now. And that stone has been in my gem pouch for probably 25 or 30 years. And and almost every person that that looks through the the gemstones that I've got that I work with will pick it up and, and go, oh, this is so, I love the feel of this stone. And um, and, and it's a slice of agate. It's, it's, um, but it has an energy. It, has, it feels as though it's a portal. And, and so it, it doesn't have to be a crystal skull. It could be just a, mm-hmm. just a, a stone. But if, yep. if it, for you, has that energy... It, it, you have, it has awakened within you the, the, the portal that you need to get to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't, yep. I, but, but a crystal skull is nice, too. Let's not, let's not you know, they don't go for crystal skulls. But, but understand that the, the, there are lots of different portals that you can touch into in a lifetime. And if you find one that wakes up a part of you, um, work with it. You can always add to it. Look at this crazy man who has thirty crystal skulls at home. I mean, so and and each of them opens up another kind of portal for energy, for wisdom, for knowledge, for cosmic understanding, and for growth. So that so that it it's um it's a matter of where are you drawn? What what draws you? What what opens up a part of you to a greater understanding that's on another side of a dimension that you can't see. Exactly. So, um, and and one of the other things that you mentioned um, also, which I find fascinating, and I I really wanted to to bring out here, um, 
I personally feel that the element of creativity is very important to the spiritual growth of an individual. And mm-hmm. you you have certainly utilized a lot of different um, manners of, of creative energy that have enhanced what it is that you do and, and, and your communications and, and things like that. You, you do writing, you do music, you use music in your meditations. You find music that, that, that takes you to that magical zone where everything works. And I think it's important for people to realize that, that any form of creativity is another form of opening up those channels that, that, that exposes you to the, to the spiritual magic that you carry within. Franz Liszt, who's known as one of the great classical composers, that's basically what he taught his students, is that if you have a gift of music, you're a channel for God. And that's uh-huh. why he tried it to support many musicians who were struggling at the time. And uh, he just had these hands where he could do things on the piano that no one else could, could duplicate. Um, the reason I bring him up is because um, I think that he's one of my guides and I have the Crystal Skull theme song that I wrote, which is, if anybody wants to hear it, I have a version of it on YouTube, or I'm playing it on the guitar. The last part of it was definitely inspired, and it's just singing about the one family and where the melody came from and everything. I think he somehow had a hand hand in this, and I know that one of my trips um, to Peru you know, something to do with music was involved with him as well. And then he also told me, which you'll have to get the Blue Skull book if you want to find out the answer to this, um, of a lifetime I had as a musician where I went to that grave site. And <coughs> I'm pretty sure that um, that was uh, one of my lifetimes, and that's probably why I feel music is, is so important. Like some of my most powerful meditations have been with Portal de Luz listening to a piece of music that totally resonates with me. What ha- what has happened to me, which I think is important, is that um, when I hear music, my body wants to move to it. And like you said, when we were brought up and we were younger and we were taught when we got older that we don't do those kind of things because it makes us look very childish. But what I have found is that as I totally let myself go into the music and just, you know, dance however, however it moves me or, or whatever, even if I look ridiculous, it doesn't matter. That energy is so magical. Um, uh-huh. And it just, it just shows me how other creative people, you know, like people who are actors and singers or whatever, some of them do the same thing. They get out of their own way. And they just let the energy of the universe express itself through them. And we hear this beautiful music or healing music or whatever. So I've been surprised sometimes certain people will come up and, and the Crystal Skull theme song, and it really touched them very deeply in the heart. So, um, so it's just interesting. But, yeah, I agree 100% that we all have a creative gift or creative gifts. And... Mm-hmm. Part of it is when we allow the energy of the universe to come through us with our gifts, we will experience the greatest happiness and joy possible. Because oh, we will absolutely. be expressing the creator inside of us. So, And 
being spontaneous is also important. You know, don't try to plan it out. Like um, one of the things that happens to me is like I have my song, but I'll never play it the same way. I'll always hear a different way to play it every time. You know, so I just go with that. And why is that? Because, you know, every time you speak to a different group, the collective energy there is different than it was from the group you spoke to from before. So, again, you know, and even what I talk about, the stories or whatever, I try to be spontaneous in what I share. So I'm doing that, too, I guess, as we're talking. is You know, certain things come up as we're discussing it, and I'm going hearing, oh, yeah, you got to talk about that. And I say, okay, I better do it now or I'm going to forget. <laughs> well, I, I think since we are we are a, a, um, a creation of the creator, our purpose is to create as well, not, not, to, not to replicate, but to create so that, so that allowing ourselves to create and, and to build upon the creation we have within us, um, you know, is we become a part of all creation instead of become a, we, we become a part of it instead of the uh, result of it. So that, so that, you know, as we create within our lives, we're adding to that energy and, and creating other creations that, that will go beyond us. And I think so many people negate out their, that part of their lives, and I think it's a part of, I, I personally believe, it, it's, it's a great part of the spirituality and how we enhance it and how we expand upon it. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to paint the Sistine Chapel and, and, and mm. you don't have to compose, you know, um, an opus. But, but so long as you are getting joy out of what you're doing, that's, that's being part of creation. And, you know, when you let people negate it or judge it, um, it takes away a little bit of the magic. So, you know, I personally don't care what people think. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, I'm so a, long I'm, as... Yeah, I'm Go with ahead. you, too. I, I don't worry about if someone likes or they don't like. It's, you know, I expect that's going to happen because, you know, I think it's impossible as a human being that you're going to like every single thing that goes on here. There are going to be things that you resonate with that you enjoy and things that you don't. But the thing is not to judge. Like if you see somebody doing something you wouldn't do, well, you know, maybe God will work through you as a catalyst that you'll say something or do something to get the person's attention. But that person has the right to be themselves and do what they want. But the other uh-huh. key, I think, with the creativity is is that I think most people have no clue that just by being who we are and if we allow that creative spirit to come through us, we become a catalyst for positive changes and awakenings on the planet. You know, like like you may be around, like this happens to me sometimes. It's very, say, you, you see that person over there? Yeah, I don't know them. Okay, but we want you to talk to them. Why do I have to talk to them? You know, I, I don't want to interrupt them. No, we'd like you to talk to them. So use your use your chutzpah, as we say in, in Jewish and Yiddish, and go over and start a conversation. And there's something you're going to tell them that they need to hear that you have the right way to say. Okay, so mm-hmm. you have two choices. You could either go to the, the boys talking 
uh, forget it. I'm not comfortable doing this. You know, I'm I'm just I'm not going to do it. Or okay, sure, I'll go try. What what's the harm? You know, maybe I'll meet a new friend, or maybe um, something I say or do will help that person, and then that person will touch other people, who will touch other people, who will touch other people, and there'll be a chain reaction. So you just never know when you're being creative or being spontaneous, how is it going to impact the people who are around you? You know, you just don't know. And I'm, I'm of the Captain Kirk philosophy is that if there's something I can do that's going to make a difference for someone, then I'm going to be there and I'm going to do it, even if it's the most crazy thing that I've ever done in my life. If it might help or inspire someone, why not? So, um, and that's usually what happens too is as we allow ourselves to be who we are, we do inspire other people because people look uh-huh. at it and say, well, well, if he can do that or she can do that, I could do that. You know, I, I think that person's having a lot of fun. They're enjoying themselves. Or like I saw a YouTube video once where the young people were at a music concert and this one crazy guy got up and he started dancing really weird and strange. And all of a sudden, a couple other people joined them. And before you know it, within two or three minutes, like almost everybody there was all dancing together. He was the catalyst to just awaken everyone. <clears throat> and the most powerful experiences I've ever had is, you know, like when you're with a group of people and you're going into this creative state together. Like I have one friend in um, in Holland. I don't know how he does this, but he's the only guy I've ever been able to play my Crystal Skull theme song with. It's like I don't have to worry. He heard the song one time, and it's like what I'm doing, he's doing it with me. It's in perfect alignment. So oh, wow. that was my experience of it. So that that's how I figure how musical groups work. They have such an alignment with each other. That like they they know what the other people are doing and what they're going to do and how it's going to all merge together to work. So this is another thing I think that's important is the more that we are ourselves, the more we become a catalyst that can help to bring out the best of other people. Oh yeah, I, I think I like the. I think it's important too to to remind people that they are the manifestation of the masterpiece of the spirit within and and the our obligation is to constantly be open to the changes that 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 masterpiece becomes as we grow and spiritually and and as we grow within ourselves so that so that not only are we obligated to create but we have to remember that we are a creation that is constantly evolving and, and right. you know, sometimes people forget that. And, and I think especially today it's important that people uh, get to know themselves better, get to know themselves more deeply and understand uh, as best they can the directions that they need to go in. And, and often it's, it's taking whatever situation you're in and looking at it and saying, how am I growing through this experience? And very much like the the shutdown that we've had. Um, what a wonderful experience we've had to be able to take time off from everything and get to know ourselves better. Exactly. No, and, and one, you know, not one, go ahead. Right. 
Now, there's one statement that came to me. I, I don't know if I was talking to God or whatever, but I was asking, trying to understand the simple truth. Why are we here? You know, a lot of us ask this question. Why are we here? What difference uh-huh. does it make that we're here? So the voice said, Creator, which is inside of each of us, has the ability to imagine every conceivable reality that exists on all levels. And then we're talking about far beyond our universe. You know, we're talking about other dimensions, spiritual dimensions, um, angelic realms. The creator has the ability to imagine everything because the creator is infinite mind. But, but I said, okay, that's fine, I understand. But what does creator receive from us? What does Joshua Shapiro do for creator? I get to experience through each of you everything. There is no good, there is no bad, there's no evil, there's no right or wrong. There's just the experience of being you. So it means that you're happy with who I am regardless whether I'm doing well or I'm doing poor. Oh, yes, I want to experience all that. So I don't know if the listeners understand what I'm saying. It means that whoever you are, whatever you're doing, this is creator's one opportunity to experience who it is to be you. Now, I also believe there are parallel earths, like the TV show Sliders show. Parallel Earths, where there are other pieces of us that exist that are making different choices. You know, like, for example, there might be one parallel Earth where I met Katrina, and, you know, we did not come together, you know, and those two people are very unhappy. So we have other aspects of ourselves that can make different choices and different decisions. This idea of parallel Dimensions, parallel realities, parallel Earth has been talked about in a number of different television shows and movies, etc. Star Stargate SD One, Samantha Carter, remember her explaining this to the to the people about it. Oh yeah. So so this is creator's only opportunity to experience each of us as the unique individuals that we are. Without any judgment, without right or wrong just the experience of it. So to me, that explains everything. It explains why one person, let's say, has a good life, one person doesn't, because the soul decided, I want to have those challenges. I don't want to have challenges. I want to have an easy life, whatever. We might not remember it, but Uh whatever our experience is of who we are, this is the opportunity of the creator to experience through us. Now, of course, Creator loves all of us, and he doesn't have favorites. Like, you know, I was brought up and thought, thought the Jews are the chosen people. Well, that's not true. We're all chosen uh-huh. by Creator. Creator loves us equally. Okay, but Creator has to give us free will so we can have our experiences. <laughs> but whatever yeah. our experiences are, they're perfect. Everything is uh-huh. perfect. Okay, and um, so that to me explains everything. So 
what I've noticed is as I receive these messages and I and I follow what they say, for the most part, my life hasn't really had a lot of major challenges. Mostly it's been, I guess I chose the challenge of money. Because, you know, for a lot of us, especially when we're on the spiritual path, you know, it's, it's hard to try to do this work and have it evaluated and be able to make a good living at it. Because on the other side, we say, well, you know, it's not really about the money. It's about the service. But we live in this physical world, so we have to find the balance. Okay? So, uh-huh. you know, so, but it, but that's been the biggest challenge. But then that challenge, you know, is very strange, and I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but it shifted as this virus thing came up we went from struggling to having a little bit of extra. So there isn't so much of a struggle like there used to be based on circumstances. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure what that's all about, but I'm not complaining. But, no. <laughs> well, I but have it, found, it's been a yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have found that, that um, if you're on the right path and, and, um, it's a wide path, so you know there are a lot of side roads and everything. So it's hard to be off the path totally. But but if you're on the right path, things seem to fall into place for you. And and yeah. if things are not falling into place, it means it's it's not time for them to fall into place. It's real simple. It's like it's it's not time yet. So maybe this is your time to learn patience. Maybe this is your time to declutter your mind and your spirit. Maybe, you know, it, it's like everything is perfect, as you said earlier. And and it's, it's sort of um, coming to an understanding of, of the fact that you are not on a single life's journey. You're on a journey of eternity as a spirit. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that, that makes it, that, that makes this lifetime different. It doesn't in any way diminish it because it's a stepping stone, and without this stepping stone, the journey stops. So, you know, it's necessary. I, I think spirituality is something that is is being embraced by more and more people um, because they understand that it's not instead of, it's alongside of their belief systems. So that it's, it's being a spiritual person, you can you can be an atheist and still be spiritual so yeah. I, I, I think we're coming to a time where, where spirituality is something that, that people will embrace, enhance, and pursue because they don't have to give anything up in order to be spiritual. Or they're just discovering they have this other part of themselves that's been there since day one, and uh-huh. now it's time to take a peek and see what it <laughs> might do to help your life. Or find out why people who have taken that peak are, you know, generally happy, not uh, being so fearful by what's happening in the world right now, and and still believe that there will be a positive outcome through all that's going on. So, why yeah, why do important. you think why do you think there has been the upheaval, the um, the 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 pandemic? the time out that the, the entire world took a time out for almost three months um, 
why do you think that it happened? It's never happened before in recorded time. So well, not what, as long as, as we've been alive, that's for sure. Well, yeah. Um, well, and it's a long time. Uh, yeah. Well, before I, I answer your question, I need to say a couple of comments because um, I've been talking with different people about things, and some people get very upset when you give them alternative ideas and don't follow what the media is saying. So, so what I want to what I want to say to people is what I'm going to express is my personal understanding, what I've received, let's say, from my inner guidance, from spirit, um, from trying to, um, what's that word? Um, I can't think of the word. It's driving me crazy. It'll come eventually. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a personal view. I don't have, like some people say, well, we have a whistleblower we know or somebody who knows what's going on behind the scene. But what I did is I talked to spirit or God and I said well first of all when it started uh, and the pandemic started and everything I said something's not right here we're not being told the truth okay that was the first thing that came to me now maybe some people will say no no Josh is crazy you know they're um, they're keeping track of all the people who are sick and and everything and they're giving us good advice of what we have to do but for me on a personal level I just felt like, you know, well, this is the way I looked at it. So first of all, for the the pandemic itself, right? Uh Are you there? Yeah, Yeah, I'm here. It it doesn't appear to me that it was um, created a natural occurrence. It felt like it was manufactured. And we still haven't received a good explanation about where did this come from. So this was one thing that, you know, I'm just looking at it and I'm going, they're really not explaining this this well. And the other thing I told to Spirit is I said, let me watch the right videos and listen to the right people who are going to give alternative perspectives on this. And so I started to do that. And a lot of what these people were talking about made sense. I mean, listening to a guy who was installing the 5G and then he quit because he understood uh, the vibrational frequencies of the 5G, what it was doing, or even that Wuhan, which is supposedly where this started, was the first city in China where they completely installed 5G. So it's just like a lot of different things were coming up that was not following, let's say, what the media is giving. Because anytime we have some kind of challenge, they're always going to give some explanation about, you know, why is this happening and how does it work? And actually right now what they're doing is they're telling you what's going to happen next, which is also what they did in 9-11. Discernment, that was the word I was looking for. I knew it would okay. come back. So discernment is very important when you are listening to whatever it is that they're talking about related to this. So what I'm trying to do is I try to come from a neutral perspective and I try to look at everything. And as we said, everything is happening in divine perfection. So what, what is happening through this that is necessary to help humanity? So obviously, um, one of the things I think is 
that, you know, we've heard from a lot of different people, whistleblowers, people talking about conspiracy, all kinds of things going on behind the scenes. I think that what we're seeing right now is kind of proof and evidence that these things that the, the people have been talking about, that there is groups that want to try to change our world. And I know, and I think most, uh, many other people agree with me about this, the world as we know it is never going to go back to where it was before. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And I think what's happening now, what I'm seeing with people is, as uh, like here in Georgia, we pretty much, uh, we've had some things happen, but there hasn't been the lockdown like there have been in other places. There hasn't been the laws like where you have to wear a mask or you can't really go out or do things. Um, you know, it's almost right now like if you go out, it's almost like it was before except for the social distancing and some people wearing the mask. But um, what I think people have to do is they have to use discernment. They have to understand that probably this is happening on one level because the systems that we had in place, which we took for granted and thought they're going to be there forever, they really were not functioning properly. They were not dealing with people in a, in a way of respect and, and honoring people and everything. There was um, agendas that were going on behind the scenes. And I think what's happening is through this experience that's coming out, uh, people have now some free time. They have an opportunity to see what might those agendas be, what might be the purpose of what's going on. And in another way, like you said, it's also giving people an opportunity, what do I do with my free time that I have? Maybe I need to start a different per profession because what's happening right now, a lot of people who have small businesses, I don't know if they're going to survive this. So it's just like everything has been is being shaken up. And a lot of uh -huh. us knew that there was going to come a point where this shaking up was going to happen. But I don't think we thought it would happen so quickly through a pandemic. But one of the things that I saw, so I'll mention this, but I don't know where I saw this. I think somebody showed this video on YouTube, is where this gentleman was talking about that somewhere in Congress or some kind of meetings or something like this, that in the early part of 2019, they already had the name of the virus, and they already created some kind of legislation for it, which eventually President Trump signed in 2020. So it was like this was already being planned. So this is why you have to use your discernment, because, you know, you're going to hear all different kind of theories, and I'm not asking anyone that's listening to me to believe one of these theories or the other. But when you start looking at all these different pieces, you start listening to the doctors who are talking about how dangerous the masks are and how it can affect people and actually make them sick, <clears throat> you start to wonder if, you know, what's being told to you is really the truth. So I think what this is all about is, is humanity needed to be shaken up. You need to be awakened that uh, the world as we know it um, was coming to an end, that there is a new world, like we talked about, a time of peace. And this is part of the process that we're going to be going through to reach that utopia, which I don't know if it'll be 2037 to 2040. I can't say that. I don't know if Argus is talking about it correctly. 
But I think what it's also doing besides the free time is I've been watching the series Heroes. You know, it's very interesting what what I'm drawn to watch. Heroes actually had an episode where there was a pandemic in the future, exactly like what we're seeing now where people were sick and they had to wear masks and everything. But in the TV show Heroes, people have special abilities. So I'm thinking that maybe through this uh, situation that we have, maybe it will be the catalyst that will bring out some of the special abilities we all have that are from our God, God self or our divine self. Um, the only thing that I haven't seen from all of this, which I'm waiting for, is if there is some kind of sign of, because it, it, it seems almost overwhelming what they're proposing has to be done because of the pandemic, the loss of freedoms that we might have, that we may be forced to take a vaccine, which has God knows what's inside of it. So the only thing I have not totally seen is, like, if there is, because, well, let me put it this way. I was talking to a person in Australia, and this has just started, and out of my mouth came, and I, I wasn't thinking this. It just came out of my mouth. This is going to blow up on the people who are per, perpetuating this. But I haven't seen any sign of, like, how will this be balanced? You know, will... Uh, will this just bring a lot of people together and when they start doing these things that, that we're being told are not for our highest good, will people stand up and say no and there will be so many people standing up that say no that that will change it? Will there be divine intervention that could happen? Um, will the galactics do something? If there are these people that live inside the earth from advanced civilizations as I believe Atlantis, Lemuria, or the people that live in the inside of the hollow earth where they might do something. There's so many possibilities. Now, the only clue that I remember that I saw, which is very interesting, is there's this um, special black ops um, project they have called uh, Project Looking Glass. And in Project Looking Glass, I think they got this technology from the galactics that they've been working with. What they were able to do is to say, okay, we have this situation, and they use the power of their mind to imagine different possibilities. We want to create this, and then through this, it's almost like a crystal ball. They would see the result of what it is that they wanted to create. Well, some people were talking about Project Looking Glass, that there is a future that no matter what they do, they cannot disrupt this future. This is very profound. So in other words, what I'm thinking is, is maybe all of this is happening and the people behind it think, okay, this is our, our last chance or this is our way to do it. But Project Looking Glass is telling them, no, the future, as Argus shows me, is there will be total peace and harmony on this planet. And no matter what you try to do, no matter what you try to initiate, it is eventually going to fail and you cannot change that future. So... I've said a lot of different things here. I hope it, I hope most of it makes sense. And again, it's just ideas that have come to me as an individual listening and listening inside. So I think that what it is is that this is the changes to our, our world because this is happening everywhere now. 
You know, this is not uh-huh. just here in the United States. Every country has been affected by this. Okay, and so the end result of this, I believe, eventually will be the positive future that Argus decides. But how we get there from now, I'm not sure. I do know one key is not to come from fear and stand up for what you believe in. And don't just blindly accept what's being told. Like, for example, when I, when I had the one email with my friend in China who does the crystal skulls, he told me point blank, the government of China is not reporting accurately how many people are catching it. Now, this is back in January and February, and how many people are dying. They gave a very tiny number. So I think yeah. they use China. China, and I saw some video, too, from someone else, what it looked like, and it was total chaos there. Um, I think that China was their test country, and I think that their virus has mutated because, I don't know, when I'm going outside... And I have a gift where I extend my energy. I'm just not feeling this uh, virus that much. Now, it could just be because, you know, in Georgia and we have a lot of sun, that it's not as powerful here as it is farther up north where, you know, it seems more people have it. And I'm not discounting that the virus doesn't exist. But I would I would finish with saying what I heard um from another person, which I don't know. You know, I just keep watching videos, and each per, each video I watch has another profound idea about it. They were saying, if you study the number of people who died from the flu or were infected by the flu or em- emphysema, I think, uh-huh. it's a large number. But we didn't call it a pandemic. Why are we calling yeah. this a pandemic? So a lot of it just doesn't make sense. So well, I think you just have to use discernment with this and you know just recognize that this is part of the divine plan that we need to go through this process in order to shake people up to see that there's a different way that we can live and help each other and probably this will bring us closer together and it's unfortunate but always some kind of catastrophe needs to happen for people to say you know I don't care if I like that person or we have to work together in this and this is the only way that we will resolve this issue. Mm-hmm. I I tend to agree with you on 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 almost all of it. I the message that I was getting, and 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 of course, um, it it just comes through me. So I can't tell you exactly who it came from or or what. But the message that I got was that um, it was it, it was. Uh, Created, it, it was not something that happened naturally, and that it was used, right. or or its intent was to cull the population in China, and what happened ha- what happened was it got out of control and mutated. But what I find fascinating, you know, very much like you said, now I live right outside of New York, so mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in the uh, I'm in the bullseye, so I definitely, you know. You know the element of, of um, masks and gloves and everything is still very much a part of my life, and um, not that I like it, but but it's required. And what what I have found fascinating over the last three or four months, um, you know, I I I do readings for people, and every time I spread the cards to read for someone. I looked at them, 
And I swear to you, Joshua, there was nothing that would suggest that there was this kind of chaos going on. And it was sort of like, how can this be? 30, 40, 60 people, and there was not any of this devastation or fear or sickness or, or illness. And I'm not saying that people aren't passing away, because they are. They're crossing over. Um, and, you know, some people got the flu and actually died from it. But a lot of the people that passed away um, had had other conditions, and, and uh, people passed from the flu all the time. So from what I was seeing and from what I'm experiencing and from the people that I've come in contact with, which I will admit is, is not as great as it used to be, um, my feeling was that, that we were being told one thing, but reality was very, very different. And we were all put on time out. And I, I keep wondering why were we all isolated, and, and one of the reasons I, I got was that there were major changes coming and they had to keep us isolated so we couldn't get together and fight the changes that were coming. Yeah, that's, that's um, what I believe. And, and so, so you know, you, you begin to look at it all in a different light, and it was sort of, why not just give us the truth and let us deal with it that way? But, but apparently, for some reason, um, we have been given half-truths so constantly over, over the last three to four months that, that everybody become, you know, plays I doubt it with everyone else, and is there a vaccine coming? Yeah, there is, but I, I, but personally, and this is just my opinion, I, I wouldn't trust it. Not worth, not worth a darn. Um, they say there is um, another wave of it coming. If another wave does come, it will be because somebody released it, not because it came back naturally. Yeah, exactly. There was a, so, a video I saw of, of a gentleman who had a dream. And he didn't even know that the pandemic was going on. And in the dream, a shaman appeared to him and was talking to him about the pandemic and mentioned about the um, vaccine and said, whatever you do, do not take that vaccine. So, So it's really difficult to know exactly what's going to be coming up. But the thing that I've been waiting for is to see what, whether it's a group, there has to be a group of people that already know that this was going to go on and happen and so on, or some spiritual beings, I don't know. But there's going to be something that will uh, come up that I think the truth will be shown and people will be in shock. You know, somebody who, like, for example, could be a person who's very reputable, that everyone trusts, that will have this evidence I just don't know exactly how how it's going to go, but I think the bottom line is is humanity needed to have the shock uh, to wake up to recognize who we truly are as divine children of God, and that it's now time for us to uh, not have a blind eye to what's going on around us. I mean, it's the uh-huh. same thing with the. Um, black men who are being killed by police officers. You know, this has probably been going on for a long time and kept hidden. 
all the all these situations are coming forward. So I think the bottom line for me, if I'm looking at everything, is that what we went, what we've been told by whistleblowers and conspiracy people, uh, those people exist and they're showing themselves right now by what they're doing and all their pieces that they've been doing behind the scenes. They're going to try to put them together right now. And somehow this will be, um, this will not work itself out the way that they want to. But I have no clue on that. I don't have any, you know, special source or idea. The only clue that came to me is watching Heroes with the idea that maybe this is the catalyst that brings out our special gifts and abilities, like what we see with the actors who have these special powers. It it it. Absolutely could be that. I think that one of the two things, well, three things maybe. Um, I found it fascinating that with, um, if it was as widespread as they said and as infectious as they said, why is it in the Senate and the Congress only two people or three people actually caught it? I find that very mm-hmm. strange. Um, right. I, I, I just... I'm not convinced that it was that the that the, a lot of the deaths that we're seeing were really caused by 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 this virus. Um, I I am kind of overwhelmed by looking around and and what I'm being told is not what I'm seeing. And right. you know I, I and because we've been so isolated, the only thing we have to rely upon. Are the news uh, are the news shows and programs, and and yet we all know that they're all controlled by big pharma and and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it, it this we could be seeing the death throes of big pharma among other things, because nobody is going to trust big pharma anymore because of what's going on. I would think I don't know for sure, but you know that's that's where I'm going with it. Um, right. I am just, I am so overwhelmed by the fact that we're watching, in, in, I've often said, and, and this is, is one of the biggest illustrations of it, I feel like humanity are, are pieces of a massive game, and we don't know what the game is, but we're being moved around by puppeteers. Yeah, and. And and I think we are coming. We're, I think we're coming to a time where where we're going to say, wait a minute, and and not pay attention to the manipulation that's going on, and and there will be a massive shift. But as with everything, where where we have to rebuild a system, some of the system has to be taken down before we can rebuild, and and that's what we're. I think we're going through right now. A realization that that we are being lied to by so many in power, and we put them there. It's our fault, but we're being lied to and manipulated by them. And the only way we can change it is by not violence, but but by removing them from power and putting people in who um, have a greater authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I these numbers. Right. These numbers they're giving us, they I don't know where they're getting them. It's almost like they're making them up. 
And also the same thing when they test someone, uh, they didn't really explain how do they decide exactly if the person has it or not. But can they make that up too? So, well, well I, have anyway, an opinion, I, I have an opinion on uh, that though too. When they're doing okay. all this testing by taking a swab, I think they're looking for um, Rh-negative people. I think they're looking for a part of the population. Hmm. And and yeah, that that the testing has nothing to do with do you have the virus or do you have the antibodies. It has to do with your DNA. And I think they're looking for a certain part of the population. Could be. So anyway, uh, hopefully your listeners... You know, I'm sure everyone is thinking about what's going on and trying to understand it. Perhaps some of these different perspectives um, have given some thought. I would just encourage anyone listening, if they feel the same, like something's not right or whatever, there's a lot of great information that's being shared on videos through Facebook and YouTube. Uh, People who are really knowledgeable and are our experts are talking about what they know and, um, you know, gives you something to think about. Now, Katrina wants to ask me, why am I paying attention to, you know, all this information? And I told her that for me, I need to know it because as new aspects of the pandemic or new situations come up, I'll already understand and know about this and will not be totally blind. In other Uh words... Uh, because they say, okay, now you have to do that. No, I'm not going to do that because I know what that's really about. So it's it's having the, the knowledge and the information, and I really honor these people, you know, who are coming out and sharing this. Uh, the one thing that definitely has been happening, which certainly is a sign, is when people, especially about the vaccine, make a video that speaks against it, all of a sudden those videos are taken off and disappear. So uh-huh. logical sense would say, well, somebody's trying to prevent, you know, the discussion of the vaccine to talk about really what's going on, and they're trying to, to eliminate that. So, um, but I do agree with you. I think, like you said, I think this would be the basic conclusion that the system we have, it's not working anymore. This is, even though we may not agree with whoever these people are and what they're doing, it has to come down. It has to be transformed. It's the same thing like with our money. I've been very involved with Bitcoin since 2017. I got a message. It was very important. And I actually have some Bitcoin. And and, and uh, on my computer, I'm even um, what they call mining it, which means I'm actually helping to create more Bitcoin because this is a digital money. Um, uh-huh. I believe that our money system is going to change and it's going to go more digital, just like our phones went to, you know, the cell phones, the mobile phones we have, our letters went to email, everything is becoming digital. So, um, you know, to me, this man who came up with how to build these systems with the digital currency and it has survived since 2009, um, this is another sign of, of change. So I think we see these kind of changes like everywhere. And, yeah. um, you know, people need to um, just look at everything and just be prepared 
and I don't believe that, you know, the feeling that I find most people have, they think, you know, it's going to go away now, or President Trump said, oh, the virus is basically done. And they're going to find a way to keep this going and to continue it. And that, again, oh, sure. in itself, right, and that, again, in itself is, an, is another sign of, you know, kind of what's going on. So it's, it's just an awareness, um, but there are a lot of good people out there that are telling their information and stories that they know. So if you really, you know, if you're interested to, to hear the different perspectives and then make up your own mind what you believe, uh, the information is definitely out there. And, Absolutely, uh, and, of, and 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 also though honoring honoring you know remembering that this is a, a wonderful opportunity to pursue the spiritual journey and and yep. the spiritual understanding and to do it with creativity and to do it with meditation and meditation isn't prayer meditation is more listening than it is speaking so that so that you know find time to go inside of yourself and and. Well, 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 there may be chaos outside from time to time. It doesn't have to be chaotic inside. And, you know, you, you will weather a storm much better if there's, if there's peace and tranquility inside of you. The storm will go around yeah. you. If, if, <laughs> it really will. Right. So, you know, or, so it, it, or you, go ahead. No, it's just use this time productively. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, it can be on a personal level as well as a physical level. Right. Or, you know, if you're listening to some information and it troubles you or you're not sure, then go into meditation. Try to quiet the mind. Try to link into spirit and to creator and see if you can get an inner explanation, you know, for what's happening that makes sense to you. So, and, you know. Yeah, and the other thing that's really, really important is if it makes sense to you, it doesn't have to make sense to your neighbor. The only person that's important about the wisdom that you get from inside of you is for, is to you. Yeah. yeah, like one of my best friends I've been trying to share some of this with, and, you know, he believes what the media is saying, and I just I can't talk to him, so I just stopped. I just have to accept it. <laughs> You know, you know, because it's not it's not our role to try to convince anyone that's listening on this show or people we know. I I'm yeah. just a share of information. So if I find something I think that has value or is truthful or is important, I'll share it with people. But I let them decide if they agree or if they don't agree. So, but I just think we've had a lot of signs that show that uh, definitely, you know, whatever is happening, we're not being told the truth. We just need to go day by day, not come from fear, send out the love that we have inside of ourselves, try to help and work together with each other, um, you know, enjoy life, do the best we can, and eventually we'll get past this. And I do believe that a golden age is coming. This is what Arthur shows me. It's the only vision mm-hmm. that I can see. So, but I, But I've always known that to get from where he's showing me to where we are now, a lot of things are going to have to go through transformation and change. So, so now it's really happening. As many of us felt, we would see this. So we'll see where it takes us, and um, you know, and just keep praying and visualizing. You know that um, all will be well, 
and that there is a purpose for this, and it will take us to the right place. That's basically it. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And if you if you have a crystal skull, that's a good thing to use for your meditation. Um, work with it, send out loving, positive energies. Participate. There's always some type of world peace meditation going on. You know, mm-hmm. so we have different ways that we can make a difference in this. If if, if any of the the people listening, um, whether it be tonight or in archive, want to get a hold of you, how would they how would they get a hold of you? How would they, you know, where is your website? Okay, so again, our main website is CSE. That's like Crystal Skull Explorers. CSE dot Crystal Skull Explorers. Com, or our email is crystalskullexplorers at gmail.com. So that would be the easiest way. Also on Facebook, um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but if you look up Joshua Shapiro, do a search on Joshua Shapiro, Crystal Skulls, you should find me there. Um, you know, we're pretty much on most social uh, media sites, LinkedIn, Instagram, but easiest way is just go to the website or send an email and we can talk. One thing I will mention that's been interesting for me is today and yesterday, there were two new individuals I talked with who had two new crystal skulls that showed up that looked like they were pretty old. So that could be a sign that some of the older skulls, because we're going through these challenges right now, they may start to surface, start to go to new guardians in order to be used by them to help to bring a more positive, loving energy for the planet. But um, that would be well, the best way. Yeah, you just mentioned something that I did want to bring up, and hopefully we have some time. You can't carbon date crystal, so how do you know hmm. if they're old, young, ancient, or premature? <laughs> how do you how do you yeah. how do you age well, a skull? For the most part, it either based on the type of carving done, um, if there's tool marks on there, uh, can be the energy that you experience, but that, that's going to be a personal um, perspective. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there isn't really a scientific technique because carbon-14 dating doesn't work with inorganic substances. But, you know, you can tell by the energy. Like, you know, when I was on a TV show, these people had skulls make a duplicate of one of the very old crystal skulls, and it was there to be part of my interview, and it had no energy whatsoever. It was totally blank. It was deformed, but it had no energy, no consciousness. It was totally blank. So sometimes you have to, you have to work with the, um, the frequency of the energy. The very old skulls have recorded, you know, what humanity's done over thousands of years, sacred ceremonies performed, healings done with them. So they're going to have some really powerful energies connected to them. But also, too, some of the older skulls were misused, like uh, Mayans and Aztecs may have done human sacrifices where they would take a person's heart out and put a skull in there. So I've met a few of those skulls, too, where it has man's inhumanity to man that were old, that were not respected. So it's like anything else. It can be used in a very powerful, positive way, loving way, or it can be used in a selfish, 
way and a man- manipulative way. So, but the the skulls probably gifted to us by the very advanced civilizations or the galactics. Those have such a high energy around that there's no way that they could be perverted in their use. Wow. Well, I, I, you know, I, I certainly, totally respect everything you've done, and and the book that I read was was just phenomenal. So I do recommend people take a take a look at his books because it it shows you how following intuition and following inspiration that comes from inside of you can take you on a journey that not only is um, enlightening and entertaining, but but spiritually expands you tremendously. And, uh, you know, the the more you follow these inclinations, so long as they're legal, um, it enhances you as a person. And, and it it uh, is a celebration of spirit in, in a way that is quite profound. And and especially in your case with the dancing, um, not necessarily um, traditional for sure. But uh, I, I think that your your book is amazing. I think the work you've done is phenomenal. And I think the message you have for humanity is, is certainly one that, that it's important that, that everyone take a look at within themselves and find where they are and where they need to go. So I, I want to thank you so much. This has been a profoundly wonderful experience for me. I love talking spirituality with people. And... Um, Unfortunately, it gives me a high. I probably will not sleep tonight because of it. But it, it's it's so exciting. It 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 is it 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 stirs up the juices. So you want to you want to kind of go out and do something profound. And and at eleven o'clock at night, I trust me, there's nothing profound outside for me. So um, <laughs> I want to thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure and. And hopefully I can get you back on again sometime soon and we can go further with all of this. It would be my pleasure. Thank you, Barbara, for having me. And I hope to your listening audience that there were some insights, whether it's crystal skills or spirituality, that may be of benefit for you. But if you have more questions, please feel free to contact us through our website or email. We love talking to people and, you know, whatever we can do to help makes us happy too. So. That's what it's all about. Okay, well, thank, thank you again. And um, for those of you listening, uh, again, if you're listening in archive, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We really like to have those numbers, and it does let us know that you're out there listening. Good night, everybody. Stay well and uh, stay happy. And uh, I would go looking for something that resonates to you that you can tune yourself to and, and share in um, an experience of other dimensions, spirituality, and awareness. Good night now.